welcome to the Empower Her Fitness Podcast. I'm your host Aoife and this is episode number 31. In the next nine episodes you are definitely going to hear my Irish accent come through a bit more as I practice saying all of the numbers that start with 30 and pronounce my THs which we don't do very well in Ireland. Anyway on to the podcast and thank you again for joining me today. If you are a fan of the podcast please leave a rating or review if you're listening on Apple. It really helps the podcast visibility and for more people to find it. If you enjoy today's episode I would absolutely love if you could share it to your Instagram story and tag myself at Actively Aoife and tag the podcast at empowerher.fitness or even if you are just to share it with a friend or colleague who you think would enjoy the content as well. Today we're going to talk about habits and we're going to talk about the habits of people who are successful at weight loss and at maintaining that weight loss because that's the most important thing. A lot of people can diet and achieve a result but Oftentimes, I think it's about 80% of people who diet and lose weight gain that weight back within one to two years. And most of them actually gain that weight, weight back and more on top of it. So that's what we don't want because that's how you end up in a dieting cycle and constantly going from one diet to the next because you're not finding something that's working for you. We want you getting to a point where you achieve your goal and you're successful at weight loss, but you're also successful at maintaining that weight loss. And oftentimes that will come down to your habits and whether or not you have made changes to your habits throughout your dieting phase that you are now able to continue on post-diet. Because if the habits you had before you dieted, when you gained that weight, come back into play after you're dieting, you're very quickly going to gain the weight back again because you're going to slip back into unhealthy eating habits. So what we want to look at here is the habits that will help you to maintain weight loss long term. Because research says that habits actually account for about 40% of our daily behaviours, which is a very high percentage of our day-to-day life. So as you can understand, knowing and understanding how to build new habits and also understanding how your current habits work is very important for making progress in your health, happiness and in your life in general. So I think it's a really, really good topic to look at and discuss and I've got a really great study to chat with you guys about today that you might have seen on my Instagram I think it was last week I posted it. So if you're listening in May or June 2021, you may have seen that recently. Basically, it's a meta-analysis entitled Perspectives into the Experience of Successful, Substantial, Long-Term Weight Loss Maintenance, a Systematic Review. So it's a meta-analysis, which means it's a study of studies. This gives it a lot more weight because it's not just one study, but they're looking at an overview of several different studies on a similar topic. And they looked at a lot of studies related to weight loss. They had a set of criteria to find the studies that fit with what they they were looking for. And they found 15 studies in total that fit that criteria. And these studies then covered a total of 294 individuals all up, which is a lot of people. And those people were all people that had been successful in losing weight and maintaining that weight loss. And they basically looked at what the habits were of these people on a day-to-day basis. 
and they found a number of common habits among the successful dieters. And I have a list of six habits here that I'm going to talk through with you guys today. And they're all quite important, I think, when it comes to looking at how your habits will impact your nutrition choices and your lifestyle and maintaining weight loss long term. I think one of the most important ones is probably the one that I'm going to come to last. So make sure you do listen all the way to the end for that one. But let's start at the beginning. The first habit that they found that was quite common among everyone that was successful was monitoring their progress in some sort of way. So they weren't just winging it and hoping for a good result. They were actually tracking some variables. And that's really, really important because if you're not assessing in general and anything you're doing, you're just guessing. So it's really, really important to have some variables that you are tracking and monitoring throughout your dieting phase because it will help you get from A to B a lot quicker when you know what you need to control. And these individuals assess their progress in a number of different ways. So these are just guidelines. They're not things that you have to do in order to successfully lose weight. There may be some measures of progress that work for you and some that you might want to skip, but it's definitely worth having a few in there. So one was regular weigh-ins. Now, this is obviously something that some people might want to shy away from because they don't have a great relationship with the scale and it upsets them to see their body weight fluctuate. But I think it's quite good to actually desensitize yourself to that in a way and get used to weighing yourself daily and seeing it as data rather than being afraid to jump on the scale. Because the more you do it and the more you see that the number is always going to go up and down. It's so rare for it to stay the same. I mean, it may stay the same two days in a row, but it's highly unlikely that you're going to have the same weight or for your weight to consistently drop every single day of the week. It's always going to fluctuate. And I talk a lot lot about that in various podcasts, but we're not going to go into it more today. But understanding fluctuations is important. And then you know, weighing yourself regularly gives you more data to work with because you can see the average and you can also see how your weight changes throughout the month as well, which is quite common for females during our cycle. So I think it's um, a really good one to use and um, one measure of progress. It's not the be all and end all, but it is a good way of checking how your progress is looking when we look at the average o- averages over the course of the week and the month. Second thing that people were doing was calorie tracking. So they were managing their nutrition in some structured way. Many people, when they try to lose weight, they just decide to eat healthily or eat clean. And that's a great idea in principle. And, you know, healthy eating is super important, but it might not necessarily help you to lose weight because there are a lot of foods that people deem as healthy or are marketed as healthy that may not necessarily be calorie friendly or help you stay within a deficit. So tracking your food definitely helps you to understand a lot more about the energy content of the food. And for all of my clients, whether they're one-on-one or mini cut clients, I always recommend tracking for at least three days just to understand calories and to see what's actually in the foods you're eating. Because a lot of people come to me thinking, I eat very little, I just don't understand why I'm not losing weight, or I I don't eat a lot and I'm in a deficit the entire time and I'm not losing weight. And once they start tracking their food, they realize that all these little snacks they're having during the day are adding up to an extra 300 calories here and there throughout the day. And the foods they thought were healthy 
were probably a lot higher in calories than they imagined. So it's a really good tool and a really good educational tool as well because you learn a lot more about nutrition and what's in your food by doing that. doesn't mean you have to do it throughout your entire dieting phase, but it is definitely something worth looking into and trying for at least a while so you can understand your nutrition a bit better. Another uh, way of monitoring progress that these people were using was portion control. So simply looking at your plate and managing your portions a bit better. This might be something as simple as having half your plate filled with vegetables, having a fist of protein and having a fist of carbs with every meal and just looking at portion control like that. It might be dividing your portions up for your breakfast and lunch and dinner and just making sure that instead of going back for seconds, you have a plate full of food and you know that's your food for your dinner. Another way of monitoring progress was progress pictures. Now, nobody ever wants to take that before a picture, but it is so, so important because you will kick yourself if you don't. You'll be looking back in four weeks, in eight weeks, in 12 weeks, and you'll see a massive difference from where you are now. But if you don't have that first picture, you won't see how far you've come. And I think that's a huge loss. I think it's really, really important. I always wish that I had taken more before pictures because the picture that I originally posted on my Instagram when I first started my fitness journey was actually after I'd lost some weight. It wasn't my real before picture because I didn't take one back then. So I think it's very important to take a before picture and understand that that's a starting point and you're going to improve from there and you're going to make progress. And I think there's no need to compare pictures, you know, week to week and expect to see massive changes. It's always going to take, you know, four weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks before you start to see those changes because you see your body every day in the mirror. People around you will start to notice changes a lot quicker than you will. But progress pictures then can be really good to help you actually see that there has been a change made over that time. Now, number two in the habits was planning ahead. This is so important. You can't just wing it. So there are a lot of areas we can look at when it comes to planning ahead with our nutrition and with our fitness. But number one would be meal prep. And so many people dislike the idea of meal prepping because of the time it takes or the planning ahead. And I will honestly put my hand up and say, I am not a massive fan of meal prep because I remember years ago when I first got into tracking my food, I had a coach who required me to do a lot of meal prep, unfortunately, and I used to spend all of Sunday in the kitchen cooking and I really started to resent it over a period of time because I just wanted to be able to go out and do things on a Sunday, not cook food all day. So you don't have to do that. You don't have to spend all day on Sunday cooking your food. You can just choose to prep certain meals. You can just choose to prep, say, batches of different foods that you would like during the week. For example, cooking up your carbs. You know, maybe you want to cook up some rice or some potatoes and have them all ready for the week. Maybe you want to roast some vegetables and have those ready to go with your lunches and dinners. Maybe preparing a big salad to go with lunches and dinners again. Or you might want to just make some breakfast and, you know, even just putting some oats and some protein powder into some Tupperware and portioning that out for the week, having that ready to cook in the mornings without having to then go into the cupboard and find all, find all the different ingredients can be really, really helpful. So I think planning a week out and at the very least prepping one to two meals a day so that you're cooking more of your own food and having more input into your calories and portions is really, really helpful. The next one when it comes to planning ahead is having routine eating times. So this is really important because I do find that a lot of people will snack 
throughout the day rather than sitting down to a meal. And to be honest, snacking isn't really going to help you a lot when it comes to dieting because you'll end up taking in a lot more calories than you realize. Instead, I would just advise to having set meal times and having a breakfast time, a lunch time, and a dinner and trying to adhere to them as best you can. And that will help you to reset your circuit and rhythm a little bit as well and have regular eating patterns. It will also help you with managing hunger and establishing more consistency in your eating habits throughout the day. Another way that people were planning ahead was just daily planning. So outside of food, scheduling in time for training, self-care, reading, planning your week, taking some time to track ahead of time in MyFitnessPal if you're using that. That's a really good one as well. And just planning for things you need to be doing in order to make progress. Because if you don't plan them into your day, they're probably not going to happen. Other things are going to take priority. So that's really, really important. And then another area when we looked at planning ahead was these people all had relapse protocols. So they weren't expecting everything to be smooth sailing. They understood that previously when they've tried diets, there have been occasions where they've slipped up. And instead of overlooking that and hoping that it's not going to happen, they thought about what if that were to happen again? What would I do? So what would happen if I go over my calories? What would I do if I skip a workout? What would I do if I miss my steps? Having a process to say, when this happens, I will do do this is so, so helpful. So think about the things that have set you back in the past and come up with a plan or some steps to help you get back on track when this happens. It's not the end of the world. And I always say to my clients, every meal, you know, every day is a new opportunity and nothing that you've done can possibly mess things up unless you completely quit and give up. Once you're continuing on and you're trying, you're making progress. So nothing is going to mess it up. Nothing is going to be the end of your progress and you really can't undo all your hard work unless you actually stop and fully give up. So what you've got to do is think about what could happen that might derail me and then if that does happen, what will I do next and have a strategy. I think that's really helpful and that's kind of like a little bit of a safe zone for you as well because you understand if this does happen, I have something I can do and I know what I'm doing and it gives you a little bit more autonomy and a bit more control over your environment and what you're doing. Next then in the habits is number three, your why. So what they noticed was everyone that was successful in their weight loss and weight loss maintenance had really important goals that didn't just revolve around, I want to lose weight. So weight loss alone won't cut it because it's very surface level. You need to dig deeper and you need to look at what's your real reason behind wanting to change. And you have to have a reason that's really important to you because if you don't, it can be all too easy to give in when there's temptations around you. But if you understand your why and you understand your reason for doing this and your reason for wanting to change for the better, that helps you to push forward at all times. So the reasons that these people had for wanting to lose weight were things like improving their health, improving their overall fitness, getting stronger, having better confidence, uh, better self-image, 
and leading by a better example when it came to their kids and not having them, you know, uh, grow up with the environment of always wanting to lose weight or always dieting. You know, they want to have a different outlook and and be able to pass that outlook on to their family. So I think it's really important to understand what your individual why might be and dig deeper into that rather than just thinking I want to lose weight. And that will really help you then to be able to push forward when times are a little bit tougher. Number four is external support. So all of the people that were successful had a support group around them. It may not have been an entire group of people. It might just have been, you know, a friend, um, partner, family member, but somebody knew that they were doing this and they were there to support them. So understand it's very difficult to do something on your own and everyone needs support. That's what we are like as human beings. You know, we all crave connection and support. So involve your friends, your family, a support group, have a coach, you know, like that's such a great support. And I'm a big advocate. Like I've always had a coach at different coaches at various points of what I'm doing in my fitness journey. And I always say to my clients, you know, coaching is more than just here's your plan, here's your program, follow it. Coaches are there for guidance, support, accountability, education. And most importantly, we're here for the slip ups where, you know, that's the important part of coaching. It's not just to be there when things are going well, because a coach's job is to help you through the tough times and to make you aware that there may be times where you'll struggle. And that's when it's okay to reach out because that's when your coach is going to help you and get you through it and give you the tools that you need to be able to overcome those hurdles on your own because it's not always about relying on somebody else. It's about understanding when to reach out and then being given the tools and the education that maybe you need to make progress and continue on. Next after that then is personalized goals. So instead of just having, you know, goals that maybe weren't relevant to them, the people that were successful had goals tied in with their why. So they had a reason for doing what they were doing. Let's say, for example, it was to improve their strength. Then they would have goals related to that and goals that were really exciting to them because that's what pushes you to actually do more and achieve more. Um, So they also had goals set along the way. So it wasn't just one big goal, but instead they had regular goal reviews. They also had daily goals and scheduled goals throughout the period that they were working on achieving this weight loss. So for example, they scheduled their exercises and they understood how much time they had available during the week for training. And they then had workouts that fit in with that rather than trying to do you know six or seven days a week of workouts when you only have maybe 30 minutes available to you three days a week that's never going to give you a feeling of success and you're never going to be able to achieve that you've got to find things that are going to fit into your lifestyle they also had daily input goals so they had daily things to achieve that would help them get towards their bigger goal so that could be for example steps and getting a workout in daily habits, getting some rest in. That can be a goal for a lot of people. And then they had, as I mentioned, regular goal reviews. So staying in tune with your goals over time is really important because it can help you to stay focused rather than just having a goal of I want to achieve X in 12 weeks. Break it down into what you want to achieve each month. 
it's a lot easier and it makes you then start to see progress a lot quicker. Final point then was all of these people that were successful had flexibility around what they were doing. So they were planned for unexpected events because, you know, when you have a plan, that's all well and good, but life will always happen. Unexpected things will come up and you've got to then understand how to work around them. This is something I often talk to my clients about because, you know, it's great to be able to prep your food and meal prep and so on. But what if you want to go out for breakfast at the weekend? What if you want to go out for a date night with your partner? What if you're going away for a weekend? What do you do then? And it's about planning for that and understanding that you still can have a life and do all these things while achieving your goals. Uh, next then was planning for social life. So very similar to what I said before, you know, not thinking in black and white when it comes to sticking to a plan, being able to have the flexibility to go out and enjoy a drink with your friends, enjoy a meal out with your friends and not feel guilty and still be able to make progress. So having strategies around all of these is really, really important. And then final point on flexibility was for all of these individuals, they understood that when they slipped up, they could get back on track. And they all did that. Even the people who succeed have made mistakes. They slip up, but they get back on track. And that's the important thing. And that's the biggest difference. Research has shown that missing your habit once, no matter when it occurs, has no measurable impact on your long-term progress. Rather than trying to be perfect, let go of that all or nothing mentality. And believe me, that is a massive one. And honestly, it's something that I struggled with at the beginning as well. I would think I have to be perfect. I have to hit my calories exactly every day. I have to eat clean, you know, and then you'd have a cookie or you'd go over your calories. And next thing it's like, oh, everything's ruined now because it hasn't been perfect. It is not ruined. It is just, you know, a little blip along the way. Nobody's perfect. And anytime there's a little slip up like that, you just accept it. Maybe learn from it if it's something that has is recurring, for example. I would probably reflect on that then and just see like, why is this happening? What can I do? What kind of strategies can I put in place to maybe prevent that happening again? And what can I do now to continue progressing? And most of the time, the very best thing you can do to continue progressing is just continue on and get right back on track and make the next meal a good meal and make it a healthy meal and then keep going from there. So the main point here is you shouldn't necessarily expect to fail, but you should plan for slip-ups. Take some time to consider what could send you off track. What are some things that are likely to get in your way? What are some daily emergencies that are likely to pull you off course? How can you plan to work around these issues? Or at least, how can you bounce back quickly from them and get back on track? And remember, something I always say is you just need to be consistent, not perfect. Focus on building the identity of someone who never misses twice. I think that's really important because you can slip up once and, you know, make a mistake or go over your calories or skip out and go into the gym one day. And that's totally fine. That's understandable. Life happens. But it's when you do it a second time that it can start to infiltrate what you're doing on a daily basis and become a habit. And then your standard starts to change and you start to accept that you don't really give 100% to what you're doing. 
And that's when progress starts to stall. So I think that's a really good thing to maybe end it on. Just focus on building that identity of someone who never misses twice and focus on being consistent. So I hope that today's episode has been helpful for you. I hope you have learned something about habits from this. Another thing that I might leave you guys with is James Clear has a fantastic book, which some of you may already have read or may know of, Atomic Habits. And I always recommend it to my clients because I think it's really, really great at looking at how we can start to make small, gradual changes to our habits. And I think maybe that's something that could be the final point on this. Look at your current habits. Ask yourself, are they helping or hindering you? If there's a habit that you need to change or you need to implement, instead of trying to change everything and say, for example, if your habit that you want to change is being a bit more prepared, instead of attacking that by saying, okay, I'm going to just spend all day Sunday meal prepping in the kitchen and get everything prepared for the week. That's so overwhelming and such a big thing to do. I mean, yeah, great if you have the time and the energy to do that and you're excited to do it, but it might not necessarily be a habit that you'll be able to maintain every single week. Instead, choose something small and start from there. The real key with habit change is to make a small and gradual change and start with something that you just can't say no to. It's so easy that you just can't not do it. So let's say, for example, with the meal prepping and bringing it back to that example, it might be something as simple as the night before you get your breakfast ready for the morning. So that way you're starting your day off with a nice healthy breakfast every day instead of skipping it. And then once you master that over a few days, you start to build upon it. And maybe you can start prepping your lunches and adding those in and just gradually building. Another thing with meal prepping is you don't have to meal prep for the entire week in one go. You could just prep enough food for say lunches and dinners for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then on Wednesday night, just prep enough for Thursday and Friday. And it makes it a lot easier. Break it down instead of trying to do everything at once. Uh, So I'll leave you guys at that point. Hope it's been helpful. That's the end of today's episode. As I said, if you enjoyed it, please feel free to share with somebody you know, or even share it to your Instagram stories. It really helps just to spread the word of the podcast. And thank you again for listening. I will speak to you in the next episode. (laughs) 